Welcome to the High Performance Half Hour with me, David Osgathorpe. Each week, we meet with athletes, coaches, business owners, and entertainers to discuss the high-performing habits that have led to their individual success. Welcome back to the second part of my interview with F1 journalist, Will Buxton. This was a thoroughly enjoyable conversation for me, and I hope you really enjoy it too. We're going to continue to assess the mindsets of motor racing champions and look forward to the start of the F1 season. Enjoy. Tell me about your interview with Alex Zanardi. I find this guy to just be the most incredible human, really, for what he's been through. But yeah. tell me what, what that was like oh, to interview. Alex was a joy. I mean, you know, it's Alex Zanardi uh, first. And, you, you know, Alex is everything you expect him to be and more. Um, I said, you know, I'd love to interview you. He said, of course, come, you know, come, come and visit me at my home. So I flew to, wow. I flew to Venice and, uh, um, and got a, cab and uh off to his his place which which ended up being quite a distance from venice but it, but that was the closest airport and uh and it was wonderful and i just sat there with him uh drinking espressos and uh talking about the world and alex has the most beautiful flowery language and is so philosophical about life you know this is a guy who had everything on a plate uh, in terms of you know where his career was going and the success that he could have achieved and lost both of his legs in in horrific circumstances and you know could have could have been killed on the spot somehow pulled through somehow survived it and then became this you know amazing paralympic athlete um you know multiple marathon winner uh ironman champion and uh you know olympic gold medalist world champion uh, paracyclist just and then went back to to racing as well yeah. <laughs> and you know the, the the guy is he's incredible he is a, a total inspiration um and just the most everything you you hope alex anadi is going to be he is and more he, he's just a, a joy but incredibly you know he, him talking about his lowest moment wasn't him losing his legs yeah it was something completely separate to that and that for me was that was one of the most astonishing thing about the book in general was you know if i thought i knew what i was going to talk to somebody about yeah. time and again it would be something completely different mm. i think you know with, with with someone like alex i think everything i think doesn't he ask the question what can you learn from the situation yeah. i think that's the thing and when you go in with that kind of mindset um, and everything that, that that you've been through, and you're still coming out with that positive way of looking at things. It, I mean, it's I mean, what you, you reel off what he's achieved. I think um, what I really liked about that was he uh, he didn't he design and build his own prosthetics as well because yeah. they weren't well, quite. So, and, and, and this was what you, what you were saying. So what Alex realised early on with everything um, in in his life was if you find yourself in a situation that that isn't quite what you hoped it would be or wanted it to be well you you have two choices one you either change what you're doing or you have to make the most of where you're at now for him losing his legs he couldn't change that situation that was mm. that was you know just non-negotiable so he had to find something in his new situation that he could find a passion for and that he could find 
um, some enthusiasm for. And he'd always tinkered with go-karts and made his own go-karts when he was a kid and he didn't have the money to, you know, buy the best cart. He would, you know, build his cart out of pieces of others. And he'd always love to tinker and he'd always love the engineering side of it. So he looked at the prosthetic legs that, that he'd been given and started to figure out what didn't work and what did work and how he could actually make his prosthetic limbs work better for him. Um, and that's where he found the challenge. That's where he found the motivation to get up, to compete, to, you know, to keep pushing himself further was in this thing. And, and it's, and it's something that you can take for every aspect of your life. If you find yourself in a, in a, in a job you don't like, or, you know, I talk to my daughter about it when she's doing her, her homework, I say, you know, look, this is a subject you don't like, but if you can find something in there, that you enjoy one little part of it. Well, that's what you've got to cling on to. That's what you've got to enjoy when you're doing it. Try to find, you know, try to, if you can frame everything around that one little bit of it that you like, then it won't be so, so bitter a pill to, to swallow. Brilliant. And I learned that from Alex, you know, that's because that's, that's, that's his, that's his lesson. So, I mean, this must've been, you know, obviously it was a job, it was something I don't know, like you mentioned at the start, you know, how the the race calendar is so full on. I'm not quite sure how you I guess there most of the drivers you're meeting at the circuits anyway, and then the rest you can find a fit in on a nice little holiday trip, that sounds a bit <laughs> <laughs> but, um but it's you kind of it's almost like you've come away with life lessons with this oh, as well. Massive. I'm sure this is yeah. Yeah, it changed changed my outlook on on things very much. And um I, I did a, a number of the phone, a number of the interviews over the phone or, or Skype. Um, I did quite a lot in person um, as well, as you say, sort of on the, you know, on the F1 tour or flying out to, to see people to, to get them done or, you know, meeting up with them when we'd happen to be in the same city. Um, and, you know, it took about two years uh, in total to get all of the interviews done. And I didn't have a publisher to start with. I just wanted to write the book and I was going to self-publish. Um, and I got an illustrator on board who uh, uh, draws for Marvel Comics. He, he's one of the lead yeah, um, brilliant artists. So really adds uh, to it there, Will. I think it looks you. great. Oh, yeah. And he's he's amazing. He's he's actually Italian. He's from just down the road from Maranello, where Ferrari are based. So he um, he loves his racing. He lives stateside now and, and is the lead um, uh, artist on uh, Darth Vader and Spider-Man comics for, for Marvel. So, so um, got him on board. And again, you know, this was all going to be just self-published. Um, but then we managed to get a, a publisher interested um, and we were able to take a book to them that was written and had been edited and had the illustrations and it was done. It was there. It was ready right. to go. So it was, we could actually take our time over it, which was the best, best thing with it. And then, you know, I, I didn't have to, to rush. I wasn't on a deadline um, and I could make it what I, what I wanted it to be. So it was it was great. I'm really, really very proud of it. And what's been lovely is, you know, not, not just sort of, you know, talking to you and hearing your feedback, but people have sent messages and there have been lovely messages people have sent about how, you know, it's helped them and that, you know, how this story helped them get through this or this story really affected them because of something else. And, you know, not every story in it is going to resonate with everybody that reads it. But if one story from it resonates with each person that, that reads it, well, then hopefully it's, it's done its job. I mean, look, with that, I guess the personal thing that I'd say, the way that I approach my work is that I'll kind of look at things from four angles. I obviously am looking at fitness. I look at someone's nutrition. I'll look at the, how they recover. 
But the most important thing is the mindset. And I think when you're kind of digging into the mindset of these champions and you kind of see things at a whole other level. And I think it's interesting when I, when I get to work with some young athletes and you can you can see you can't quite put your finger on it. You can understand from a fitness perspective. You can look at certain metrics, but when you can say they've either got it or they haven't, it all comes down to that mindset. And I think that these guys, you know, obviously setting the bar particularly particularly high. I mean, I don't know how you compete or if it's even comparable. You know, with the obviously you're you're still putting your life, you know, on the line. Uh, the safety measures that are in place now, you know, obviously mean that that happens less and less frequently in F1. But I, I guess it's just, you know, that's what is if you put people of of equal ability, you know, alongside one another, it's always going to be who has got that that real kind of will to win, that real kind of X factor that kind of rises to the top. Yeah, it's it's, it's really interesting. You sort of look at a driver like Daniel Ricciardo, for example, who. Mm. Um, Everybody sees this very happy-go-lucky, smiling, um, you know, really funny guy, and then he pulls his helmet on, and he's a completely different character, completely different person. And it's the same with, you know, with all of these guys. Um, even the most jovial, you know, funny, light-hearted person out of the car. Once that visor comes down, they are, they have to be ruthless. Um, you know, Vettel is. I think is the most intense example of for me of someone who is so incredibly morally guided out of the car. And yet when you put him in the car and the red mist descends, he can sometimes can act in a way that you can't imagine the guy out of the car would consider acceptable, which is why when you then ask him about it and he's out of the car, it's almost like he doesn't recognize the person you're talking about. I remember interviewing him after Baku a couple of years ago where he'd driven into Lewis Hamilton under the safety car. Mm. And I was asking him, I said, you know, why did you drive into Lewis? He said, well, he brake tested me and I drove into the back of him. I couldn't help. I said, no, 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 when you sideswiped him. And he just, he couldn't face it. Wow. He wouldn't answer the question. And it's almost like when, when faced with a reflection of the person that he'd become under that duress, he couldn't recognize the person that he became in the car. And so he, he wouldn't or couldn't deal with it. And he, but he, he, he's done it so many times in his career where he's, um, you know, with the multi 21 thing against Mark yeah. Webber was, was exactly the same as what he did to Charles in Russia last year. Um, you know, driving into Webber, um, swiping past him in, in Istanbul was exactly the same as what happened between him, him and Charles in, in Brazil last year. They are um, parts of his, racing personality that repeat there's something that i've always termed as an inner bastard you to be a world champion you have to have that ruthless streak that says you know to hell with you i'm here for me and i'm the one that deserves to win this race win this championship because i'm better than everyone else out there you have to be a bastard Mm. to get things your own way as a racing driver but for seb who is such a nice guy out of the car it's like he doesn't, he can't compute the person that he becomes in the car. It's fascinating. I think um, you sort of saying on that, just reminded me in, in the book, I think you kind of, is it Mika Hakkinen where he, he literally stopped? He took, he was going to take a sabbatical and didn't really come back. And I think he refers also to, or you refer to Rosberg 
in that sense as well, where they can turn it on for us, be that in a bastard for a certain amount of time. And, but it, because it's not them, it's just absolutely exhausting to yeah. kind of maintain that sort of side. Yeah. As, as, mm. One of the things Mika says is you have to be, you have to be the, 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 the racing driver that, that kind of bastard at the track. But then you have to switch that off when you go home. Otherwise, it affects everything in your in your life. I mean, it it must be incredibly tiring. Um, and also, you know, these guys are getting younger and younger and younger. How do they differentiate between their professional life and their personal life? And again, you know, how much damage does that do to somebody that's never known anything but this, never known anything but having to be ruthless and self-centered and... Um, you know, all about them. And when this, you know, we often say, you know, sport, you know, great sports stars die twice. You know, they have to, they, when their career ends, it's, it's a death of a sort because the person that they've been, the life they've had, everything they've known, particularly when these kids as racing drivers have been racing since four or five years old, when that ends, what's next? And it's a, Right, that's that part of life done. We have to move on to the next bit. It's a, it's it's a it's a second life, and uh, but dealing with the damage from that first part of life is is going to be something very. Interesting. I mean, I'll, I'll be fascinated when, once Sebastian does retire. Whoever gets the right to to do his book, if he ever does a book, or you know, how much time you pitch him, Will? Well, pitch I'm, him. No, I'm not. Yeah. But you know, how much time will it take him? Yeah, to come to terms with, has he with retired it. do you think oh, is there another drive i don't know i honestly mm. don't i honestly don't know um biz- bizarrely it's a case of you know where does he go and yeah every week goes by it seems that another avenue is closed off to him i've never known anything like it a four-time world champion that nobody seems to want it's it's incredible mm. Yeah, I mean, he's he's not everyone's cup of tea, and I think he's not going to play nicely with a teammate. Um, he's but he's there's undoubted talent there, isn't there? Well, but absolutely, you know, this is what we're talking about: is you know that 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 focus, that channeled desire, but the 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 belief that it has to be you and no one else. You know, and 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 Sebastian out of the car is is so different to the Sebastian in the car um it's it's fascinating it's absolutely fascinating you know <laughs> sure psychologists could have an absolute field day uh in in our in our paddock it's um yeah. it's a crazy place <laughs> so what happens then when you know we're we're only a few weeks away now uh, will you be in the paddock or will you find yourself in the studio do you no, know where uh, you're going to be at? i believe i'll be in the paddock um amazing yeah i mean it's going to be very strange i'm going to you know obviously have a, a microphone on a on a long broom handle or something. Um, I think, you know, it's going to be socially distanced Formula One. So the, you know, the celebrations will be very strange. It'll all be behind closed doors. There won't be any fans. Um, we will essentially be away for three weeks being tested, I believe every 48 hours um, wow. to make sure that we are, you know, not uh, carrying uh, and therefore not transmitting. Um, you know, PPE will be available for everybody and, um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be different, but I think it's going to be great to, to get back to 
Sport, which as we said, is, is such a unifying thing. It's so crucial at times like this when people have really found it, it hard. You know, these few months have put everybody into such a, a difficult headspace. So if we can come back and give them something to take them out of the monotony, the hardship, the difficulties that they've been going through with some element of sporting enjoyment, you know, brilliant. You know, the Premier League's coming back. You know, the Bundesliga in the UK is getting massive figures because it's the only live sport going at the moment. Everyone, <laughs> everyone's adopted a German team and it's it's great. Yep. Um, but it shows how much desire there is for for this unifying force that is that is sport. And, and it is. And I think, you know, it, it's well needed at this moment, isn't it? I think that, you know, we, we're, we're through the worst of things, hopefully, you know, everything. And, and this is what, you know, we don't obviously want crowds of people out on the streets, but we do need some entertainment. We do need some, something to shout at the television over and something to get excited about and something where we don't know, you know, what score is, uh, you know, how things are going to end up. Watching reruns of, uh, you know, previous Grand Prix or, or you know, t- f- tournament football 20 years ago doesn't quite do it for us, does it? Oh, I don't know. The Euro 96 play was pretty good. <laughs> quite enjoyed that. Oh, fantastic. This is, uh, I think that's when we're, we're of a similar age and I think where, you know, music kind of stems from around about yeah. 96. It takes you somewhere, doesn't it? You know? Yeah. It's, it's nostalgia of the, the highest degree. Damon Hill, world champion, 1996, yeah. you know, Euro 96, Brit pop. Brilliant. It's exactly. Great, great time. Great. Mm. Oh, now we've, now we're, we're, we're marking <laughs> our age now, mate. Terrible. Yeah, this is it. Terrible. Yeah, so let's bring us back to today. And what are your thoughts then on this year? You know, obviously we've got eight eight races in the calendar so far. Is there going to be a changing of the guard? Well, here's the fun thing. Um, you mm. know, we're, we're having two races or two race weekends uh, in Austria to start with, which has been uh, Red Bull's happy hunting ground for mm. the last few years. Preseason testing showed that Red Bull certainly looked to be not just on par, but I think probably somewhat faster uh, than Ferrari, um, probably not quite on Mercedes pace, but better than Ferrari. If we go you know, to their happy hunting ground and then on to Hungary where Verstappen got pole position last year and the Red Bulls have always gone well, you know, we, could, we could come out of the first three races with you know, Max Verstappen and Red Bull racing being in control of the championship. And then there's, at the moment, only five more races scheduled um, you know, if we, we don't, we're not allowed it, to talk anymore on that. I will. Uh, well, who look, who, <laughs> who knows? Yeah. Who it's mm. it's a big who knows as to you know what comes after these first eight races. Will we get more races? I hope so, and I'm sure that we will. But it's fascinating to know that we're starting off the season with three races, which really could suit Red Bull and could give Mercedes the biggest headache that it's had in the hybrid era, which would be a fascinating way to start the year. It needs it, doesn't it? You know, whatever your your um, you know your allegiances may be, I think it need the F one needs a little bit of a of a kick just to kind of you well, know, shake no, things up I a mean, little bit. Obviously, we're, we're going to have new regulations for next year, completely different cars. Um, you know, we've got a budget cap coming in, a lot of regulations to try and bring uh, you know a level of parity and a level of you know closer racing. To the sport now obviously they've had to be certainly the, the the new technical regulations have had to be delayed until 2022 but you know i think the right steps have been put in place for the future of the sport it's a really really exciting time from that perspective um but could you imagine if if red bull ferrari whoever get this huge jump at the start of the season 
and Mercedes and Lewis Hamilton still managed to swing back and Hamilton take her seventh world championship and, you know, match Schumacher's records. And, you know, that's, that's something. I, I, and I don't think it should be overlooked. You know, Michael had a cracking car. Ferrari were the dominant force of the 2000s, but we don't look back on that period and go, oh, wasn't it crap? Michael was winning everything. No, we look at Michael as this amazing, you know, look at Prost and Senna and, you know, McLaren winning 15 out of 16 Grand Prix. But we don't look at that and go, oh, wasn't the Senna and Prost rivalry crap? They won all the races that year. It was boring, wasn't it? No, it was mega. We, I think we need to be more appreciative of what we have and be able to say, isn't Lewis Hamilton and Mercedes, you know, aren't they brilliant? Rather than in 10 years' time looking back and saying, oh, they were brilliant, weren't they? I think we should, and I think that's true for, for a lot of things in, in life. We should be appreciative of what we have now rather than only being able to look back in hindsight and appreciating what we had rather than being appreciative for what we have. Definitely. I think we're, we're, we're big fans of the underdog. And then, then there's a fine yeah. line, isn't there? Then when there's a bit too much success, we need to knock people off their pedestal a little bit. <laughs> That's it, isn't it? You, yeah. want, you want success with people right until they've got it and then you don't want <laughs> to have it anymore. Definitely. It's, um, no, but I think like what we've got this year, potentially, like you said, you know, a very interesting start to the season. You've then got, um, Back to back at Silverstone, seventieth yeah. anniversary. There, it could it could end up being a, a phenomenal year. You know, get through these these first few months, and it well, could I be mean, very imagine exciting. imagine you get the first three races dominated by Red Bull. Then we go to Silverstone mm. and Spain, and Mercedes rule the roost there. And then you've got Belgium and Italy. Imagine Ferrari turn up like they did last year for <laughs> Belgium and Italy. I mean, we've got the most incredible looking championship shaped up right there, just with eight races. It could be. It could be something really special. Well, we shall see. What are your plans then? So anything else going on this year for you? Um, I'm in the new F1 game, which I'm really excited yeah, oh, about. Oh, yes. Let's yeah, completely... Tell me about this. I mean, come on. <laughs> I, we, we talked about esports and how, you know, you start off on a, on a Game Boy and a Game Gear. I've still got Nigel Mansell's 1992 World Championship Challenge on my Game Boy. And I'm, and I'm going to be in the new um, F1 2020 Codemasters game on playstation and all wow. that, which is i mean dude come on how mad's that it's completely <laughs> ridiculous i'm so excited i'm literally so excited about that it's have you seen mad. any footage of it have you um, seen you in action so i've seen i've seen the render uh of me and, and oh, yeah. of, you know how uh, i look really weird because it's basically like somebody's cut my skin off and laid it flat do you know what, you Fantastic. know you know because you yeah, have lovely. to wrap it around the, the thing um but I, I i got to go to pinewood studios you know wow walk past the james bond stage and they were filming the black widow movie on the stage next door to us and, and go and do motion captures all the, you know the little dots on your face and yeah brilliant the balls all over the lycra suit and what a day i mean that was just something who who gets to do that by yeah. by talking about this sport that they love? They get to. I mean, what a day! I'll never forget that. Did, oh, have you done the voice recording? Yeah, it yeah, well, and, and it was just just magic, completely crazy, and something I would never in a billion years have ever thought I'd get the opportunity. To I'm really excited about that, obviously, and um, just honestly, I'm right now. I'm really looking forward to giving my mum a hug. <laughs> giving my daughter a hug and um seeing friends and uh and also you know getting back to work again um i'm I'm really looking forward to i think just a little bit of normality and uh i think and I, something my little girl said to me right at the start 
of all of this was that the, the, the thing that she found the hardest was the not knowing when mm. things would you know be normal and, and we could see our friends and see each other and and all of that and you know and i it was a really innocent thing to say but it's it's so completely true and i think it's why so many of us have really struggled at, at this time is it's it's there's so much uncertainty of when you can do things which you've just taken for granted and uh i think when we get some certainty over that i think it'll it'll really help people to you know, get a bit of of um peace and uh oh, definitely and, and calm. definitely I think, um, you know, for, for you, obviously, you know, my experience, when I see the, the guys at Red Bull when, you know, they're, 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 it's, it's in them to travel, you know, they, mm. there's a part of them that's missing if they're not, you know, jumping on a plane every <laughs> yeah. other weekend. And I think that, you know, for, for you, you know, and those guys in particular this time, although I think there's a lot of benefits, I think, you know, we get to, we have, if we've been fortunate enough to spend it with, you know, loved ones. I've got a little boy who's coming up too, and it's just been an amazing time oh, amazing. to be able to be at home and see him sort of evolving, you know, in that time. But it, it, it's not normal. And I think that uncertainty is kind of definitely, you know, played around uh with people and affected people in in a negative way but there are a lot of positives and i think you take you know those going forwards it it has been a strange time i think you know just uh sometimes it's good to press the pause button and reflect and kind of understand where you want to go um and other times it's good to just get back on the horse so to speak and yeah no very very much very much and i think you know not feeling guilty about what you have or haven't done under lockdown is really important as well. Yeah, sure. You know, some people have learned another language or they've become master painters or whatever, you know, over that period, but sometimes just getting out of bed and, you know, and just putting your, your, your pants on and, you know, going about your day is, is enough. You don't have to put, you know, any more pressure on yourself yeah. than, than just to, to, to be, you know, some days it's been, it's been really difficult for a lot of people, you know, I think as I say, because of that uncertainty and, because you get so much time to, you know, alone with your with your thoughts, mm-hmm. it can be quite a. It's been quite quite difficult for a, a lot of people. But um, yeah, getting back to some semblance of normality will be mm. will be great. But what normality will it be? You know, will it be a new normal? Will we ever go back to what? yeah no exactly i think you know this is where we, we're obviously chatting online at the moment i i've i've been on zoom every single day in one way or another and whilst it's a useful platform i don't really want to spend my life behind a screen you i think you need those two months yeah exactly ago, you knew what zoom was <laughs> I mean, you're a shareholder in zoom right now you are yeah, exactly i know I know this is it, isn't it? It's, it's completely changed our world, hasn't it? Really, you must have done a fair few interviews on there. Oh my goodness! Yes, that Instagram mm. lives, all of it. I think I've used every yeah. single platform going. Yeah, but you can't beat a face to face, can you? Really, you know. And yeah. long, you know. Hopefully, uh, we get back to that sooner, sooner rather than later, my friend. Eh? Absolutely, mate. I hope mm. so. Well, listen. Best of luck for this year. I uh, I hope you have a fantastic time. I hope, you know, the season does. So, yeah. And, um, you know, if you're around at the end of the year, that'd be great to have a little catch up uh, again yeah. and see uh, see how things have gone. I'd love that, mate. I'd really appreciate that. Brilliant. Listen, Will, thank you so much for today. Thank you. Um, take care. And we'll speak soon. Thank you. Cheers, buddy. Take care.